0: Hey guys, Brad with College Sports. Welcome in. We are presented by The (laughs) Fanboys. While Brad is frozen, just
1: is hang it.
2: He looks okay to me.
1: No, he's frozen. Oh, okay, he doesn't know that we've come back yet. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> he won't know for a second. We'll wait for him to go blurry, and then, and then we'll see it. <laughs> he's still watching the video. See, that's what's that's what's funny.
2: Uh, okay, blurry, I'm blurry. Yep, three. Two, one, I'm already go. back. back. <laughs> <laughs> I was already back. I guess y'all have done I, this enough times. <laughs> yeah, we've, we, we've done this a few times.
0: All right, guys. So we are College sports Sportscast. And hopefully this week I'm going to check this whole internet thing out. So um, we we'll, might, might be able to get this um, fixed. So um, welcome to College Sportscast. Um, we are sponsored by Bluegrass Brads, which to be me, that's what's behind me. Um, and uh, we are also sponsoring uh, the fanboys as well as the Greenville Sports Media page. So uh, now, so I want to get that out of the way. Um, we've done these shows for like two or three months, and all this was always behind me, and I never mentioned what it was. So, I figured everybody would be like, man, why, why the hell's he have snow cones behind him? <laughs> because he's frozen bread. That's why. <laughs> Anyways, so we have a special guest with us um, today. We have Derek, and I'm going to say Sager. Is it Sager?
2: That is correct.
0: All right. <laughs> he is from the X-Pactor podcast, um, which is a podcast for the... That uh, talks about the Green Bay Packers. How are you today, man?
2: Oh, I'm doing great, Brad. Thank you both uh, for for having me on here. I'm looking forward to talking some football.
0: Yeah, man. We we uh, you know we're college sportscast. We don't do a whole lot of NFL stuff. We've touched on a few things in the NFL draft, and that's um <clears throat> basically what we have been doing. You know, for the last. Several weeks now, three or four weeks, and we've, we've had a few guests on just trying to um, kind of cover the NFL draft and stuff. So anyways, I'm going to give you the platform for a minute and you can talk about your podcast and uh, and, you know, get people to uh, listen in for x podcast.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, thank th- again. Thank you very much for having me. Um, the x podcast. Uh, For most of the season, I just talk about uh, just kind of game by game breakdowns, you know, looking at different rosters and stuff, talking about different individual matchups. Um, My favorite time of year is draft time of year, honestly. Um, And, you know, I talk a little bit about free agents, but not as much like draft time. I just I love diving into to the college players and talking about prospects and the and the potential that, that these guys have coming into the league. So. Right now is kind of my favorite time of the year. My episodes are much longer now than they normally are, just because I've been diving into so many players, and uh, and it's been an, an absolute blast. So yeah, it's basically a lot of game by game breakdowns and then a lot of uh, draft profiles. I've I've put together profiles on almost a hundred college players so far this uh, this off season. So I am uh, I am ready for the draft. <laughs>
0: cool man that's what we're uh wanted to have you on the show for and stuff like that is kind of break down the draft and the college players that uh are going to be taken actually this week we are four days away from the draft um so uh it's it's getting down to the nitty-gritty and uh we're excited to have you on
2: well yeah yeah i i am excited for it i i absolutely love the draft i almost uh Cause it's in Kansas city. I live out of St. Louis. So I just about went this year, but I didn't end up, uh, end up going. So it'll be soon. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was- well, before we get started real quick, I do want to do one more thing. I've got, uh, um, our college sports cast merch page. That's going to come up here and, uh, you can scan the QR right here and I'm going to put that up on the screen And you can shop at our College Sportscast merch shop. We have about eight or ten different shirts. We have a couple of coffee mugs. It's kind of sports-inspired themes on the coffee mugs. We have one that says never give up and one that says rise and shine, kind of the Mamba mentality type deal. Um, But uh, for watching our show today, you can get a watch College Sportscast promo code for a 15% discount. I got to do is put your phone up there, scan that code takes you straight to the website and put in watch CS cast and you get a 15% discount. Sounds fair. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to get that in. I'm going to put that up on the screen while we do our show today. So, um, Anybody who wants to uh, support us and get some cool gear, just scan that code. All right, John. You you were about to say something. So go ahead. Yeah,
1: so uh Derek, I know that we uh this is this is a long time coming because I was actually on your show God it was the beginning of the football season.
2: Yeah, I think so, it was going it was into like, the first Bears game, I think. I think yes,
1: yeah, it was like it was like week two. And I think it was before I was even on this podcast. Yes, it was. (laughs) So that's even. uh, But um, just uh, go through uh, at least the first couple rounds of what you think will be uh, guys that you think that the Packers are likely to go after. You know, who do you think who do you think the Packers are likely to go after, especially like say the first round?
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so the Packers, they're very particular um, and, and I've done a lot of research and, you know, of course, so like there's a lot of a lot of stuff that I've I've read and um, different thresholds that the Packers have on their picks. Um, so like wide receivers, for instance, they like their wide receivers, at least 5'11", at least 195 pounds. They like pretty much all of their draft picks. They like high RAS scores, so anything eight and above, they rarely go below eight, um, especially with Brian Gutekinds, the the GM in the four or five years that he's he's been GM, he's made 48 draft picks. 32 of them have been above that eight mark. So they like very, very athletic guys, and, and they, they follow these thresholds really, really closely. So like like I, I mentioned wide receivers, the, the guys over 5'11", 195 pounds, uh, they like a four five seven or faster 40 and they like a seven second three cone or faster and whenever you start adding in all of that together it really limits the the players so like for instance last year in the draft there were only four wide receivers that met all of their thresholds three of them are on the pack or yeah three of them are on the packer's team right now So they follow those thresholds pretty closely. So whenever you start diving deep into their history, you can kind of see what what kind of players they look at. Um, So in the first round, the guy that uh, I I really like is wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba. I I doubt he's going to be there at 15. They're probably going to have to trade up to get him. And out of the players that do meet... Their thresholds, he's the only one that's actually projected to go in the first round. Most of the guys that meet their thresholds are actually in the later rounds for for all positions. The only other projected first rounder that meets their thresholds is Bijan Robinson, which they're not taking a running back with their first round pick. <laughs> um, I doubt but, it. They, so Jake, they, they, they hardly
0: yeah. ever, ever take skill players, to be honest, You in the first round. Oh, I know. S- offensive linemen or you know something like that most of the time
2: yeah a lot of edge rushers a lot of secondary um and normally i would say safety is a possibility in the first round but the the players that are coming in this year at the safety position just they were kind of a, a letdown when it came to what they came when they got to the combine you know they were shorter than you expected they were slower than you expected um you know they weighed less than you expected like a lot of these guys, they just didn't show well at the combine. And so right. a guy like Brian branch out of Alabama, he's got great tape. I love Brian Branch's tape, but when it came to his testing numbers and his size, it basically eliminated him from being a possibility for the Packers to take in the first round. Um, so, I mean, honestly, there's only four guys that I really see the Packers going with in the first round. Like I said, JSN, who I think they would have to trade up with. Um, Paris Johnson Jr., the tackle out of, uh, Ohio State, Broderick Jones, the tackle out of, uh, Georgia, and Peter Skaronsky, the tackle out of Northwestern. Those four are really about all I see them taking. I could see them, uh, going tight end, but I think if they're going to do that, that they need to trade back because honestly, that the draft is interesting this year because, the meat of of the draft, like the difference between the players that are going to be going at pick twelve and the the players that are going to be going at pick fifty to sixty, there's really not that much difference. Like any other year, the the first round grades would basically only be like the top ten to twelve picks, and so once you get to uh, to like pick fifteen, where their Packers are going to be picking. At that point, if one of your guys isn't there, you might as well trade back. See if you can add some extra picks in the second round or the third round where that meat is and then keep going, you know, and then try to get your picks there. So, like, if one of the four guys that I named isn't there, I know there's been a lot of rumors about the Packers possibly going tight end in the first round. Someone like Dalton Kincaid out of Utah or That's, Michael Mayer. I was going to ask Notre about Dame. him. Yeah, I love I, – I really like both of those guys, especially Kincaid. I'm – I'm not as high on Mayer. <laughs> um, I like
0: Dalton Kincaid, and I actually hope that's who they go for. But that's that's my hope. So,
2: yeah, that I agree with you. I really like Dalton Kincaid. But like, if Dalton can, if all four of those guys are off the board at 15, then if I'm if I'm the Packers GM, I'm trading back. I might see if I can trade back to like pick 19. I think that's the Buccaneers. You know, so that way you might get an extra third rounder for trading back that little bit. And then also Dalton Kincaid is likely still going to be there. I don't think there's any teams in that area that are going to take a tight end. And then if both of them are still there, you know, both Mayer and Kincaid are still there, maybe trade back to 25 so you can see if you can add another third-round pick. I know the Chargers, I think, pick 22. I could see them going tight end because they don't have Hunter Henry or Antonio Gates anymore. I think they really need a tight end, so I could definitely see Chargers going tight end. But like, so maybe one of the guys has gone at 25 and you pick the other one, or maybe both of them is gone and you trade back a little bit more to like pick 29 and you take Darnell Washington, who is not that much, you know, he's about the same as Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer in that instance. And at the same time, you're still getting all of those extra second rounders, all of those extra third rounders to get these really good players in, in that you know, kind of central zone of the draft. So if I'm the Packers GM, that's what I would do. I'm waiting to see if those four guys are there. And if it's not, I'm going to trade back as much as I can without losing my guys. Let throw.
0: Let me throw a name at you that uh, okay. would, be, would be off the charts, okay? Um, but I think would be a possible steal at that 15 position, if he's still available, and it's possible he could be. And and that is Nolan Smith, defensive end, Georgia.
2: Out of Georgia. Yeah, yeah. I really like Nolan Smith, I especially when you watch his tape. Like, the kid is just so explosive. I mean, I, mean, he I think
0: fast. he could be <laughs> a star, man. I really do. He's he got, he got really the motor, too. I mean,
2: he does. He's He's very explosive. He's very quick. He's a high-effort player. And the thing I, the thing that I like about him that is surprising, because he is a smaller uh, defensive end. Like he's a little smaller right now. Yeah, the, right now the Packers have Quay Walker at middle linebacker, and he's bigger than Nolan Smith is. So yeah. Nolan Smith is small for his, you know, for his position.
0: But that. But makes the thing him that's
2: impressive about him. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely does. The uh, the thing that's impressive about Nolan Smith is the strength that he's got in his lower body. So like, uh, especially right now, the, the issue that the Packers have is stopping the run. Part of that is because they don't have much as far as a run-stuffing defensive tackle up the middle besides Kenny Clark. And the other part is their edge rushers with Preston and Rashawn Gary, they're not as good at setting the edge you know they do a lot of speed rushes and they open up lanes there and the impressive part about Nolan Smith for as small as he is he can set an edge he's got so much power in that lower body um so i i really do like that about him as well the only thing he would be a steal that, i really do it I, yeah like i i there's a lot of packers fans that would really like him i don't think that they're going to take him just because of his size but if they like him enough they do kind of get out of their thresholds a little bit to, to go with some undersized guys. So like Jair Alexander, for instance, when they picked him a couple years ago, he yeah. was under their size thresholds, but he was absolutely blowing everything off the charts. So they, you know, ignored those couple things and they took him anyway. So that would probably right. be something like Nolan Smith. That's, that's
0: what you had your thresholds you were talking about and stuff. And, and Nolan Smith is on the smaller side for a defensive end. But when you look at his play and his, um, you know, tapes and, and everything that he has, I mean, he jumps off the charts as yeah. as a physical player. Yeah, um, he, and he really and does. I think he and I think he could be a steal for somebody in that mid to late first round area um, um, that. I mean, if Nolan Smith doesn't get hurt at Georgia last year, he's more than likely at at the very least a top ten pick.
2: Yeah, I know he opinion. definitely caught a lot of eyes at the combine. Um, and as as far as the, the like the thresholds that the Packers have at the edge position, they like guys over six four, they like guys over two hundred and sixty pounds, and they like you to have at least a hundred and twenty inch broad jump. Um, and there was actually only three edge rushers in the class this year that met those three. And that was, uh, Zach Harrison, Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame, and then Isaiah McGuire out of Michigan. And, and those are the only three that did now, Nolan Smith. The only reason he didn't was just because of the size. I think he did meet that broad, that broad jump requirement. And, of course, his RAS is extremely high. So, his athleticism, yeah, he meets that for sure. <laughs> yeah, but but he's only like 238.
0: Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Think, Two, he's around 240, 238, something like that. That's what he's, his weight is. So, you know, he's definitely under that 260 mark that you was talking about. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I think, Size-wise. And, yeah. I, so, I think out of the edge rushers that are projected to go early, I think Nolan Smith would be my – would be my favorite um because there's a, a few guys that are projected to be there about time there's miles murphy out of Clemson and right uh Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa so like I I feel that no one's I like right. Lucas Van Ness
0: but if I had to choose between the two is if I think you know in a first round guy to me what you're looking for is a possible all-pro guy. Yeah. You know. And agree. If I am, you know, if, if I'm looking, I think that Nolan Smith has that potential to be
2: to be I, an all-pro guy. I agree with I agree with you as well. Out of out of between Nolan Smith, Murphy, and uh Lucas Van Ness, I think that that Nolan Smith would be the most likely to succeed. Uh, in the NFL, uh, for, at least for the first Pro Bowls, few years, you know, yeah. You know? Um, Miles Murphy. I know a lot of people are very high on him. I'm not as high on him. Like when I watch his tape and and I see him work, he seems like a one-trick pony to me. He's very explosive. He's a speed rusher. He's very very good at it. That's for sure. But with that's the only move he has. So like these offensive tackles in the NFL. They're going to catch on to that very quick. You need more than one move to get around these guys. And also, like right. you're talking with Nolan Smith, Miles Murphy does not set the edge at all. That's just not in his game. And that's something that's going to be very important for a Packers pass rusher to have. Lucas Van Ness, I think he shows yep. a lot of promise, but he's also very raw. He's got a lot to work on in his game. I mean, he didn't even start a single game at Iowa. In, in his career, there. So, I mean, I think out of the three of them, Nolan Smith would probably be the best if you're looking for an immediate impact right now while also needing, meeting what the Packers need in their game.
0: Yeah. He's just somebody I wanted to throw out there at the 15 in the or where, where the Packers are 15. I think it's possible that he would still be on the board. And like I said, yeah. I think it's completely possible that he.
2: He could be a a, a pro hey, absolutely over the next. I, Nolan know, four Smith or five years. is one of the interesting guys. Um, Nolan Smith and then Darnell Wright, because both of them, you can see them going in the top fifteen because they they've both got a lot of great aspects of their game. but also at the same time, you still see plenty of mocks where both of them fall out of the first round. And so it's going to be interesting. And Dalton Kincaid is the other one, for sure. And
0: and you mentioned Dalton Kincaid already, the tight end out of Utah. Um, He's he's another one that I was going to ask Mm -hmm. you about a possibility at the fifteen position. You know, the pick Mm -hmm. if the if he's still there, if he if the Packers
2: might take him. I definitely think they. I definitely think they would. From what I'm hearing, the the rumors are that the Packers are going tight end at 15. Like I said, I would like them to trade back and go tight end, <laughs> right. um, you know, trade back a little bit and go tight end try to try to get some extra picks there in the, in the, in the second and third round. Um, but Dalton Kincaid, if they're going to go tight end my first, in the first round is my favorite. Michael Mayer, I think is, is the most all around tight end right now. Like, For the first few years, because it takes tight ends a while to develop in in the NFL, usually they don't start developing until year four or year five. I think as we go through the years, I think in the first year, if you ask who the best tight end in this class was, it's going to be Michael Mayer. And I think that's going to be the case for the first three, four years, maybe. But then once you start getting to that year five, I think you're going to start looking at Dalton Kincaid, because I think he's finally going to get there. I think he's going to be the best receiving tight end in this class. And then Darnell I Washington I think is going to be up there above Michael Mayer, too. I think Darnell Washington's ceiling is higher than anybody else in the tight end class this year. But that Dalton as well. Kincaid and Dar- Darnell Washington, those two are my guys in the, in the tight end room, for sure.
0: Alright, so what are the team needs as far as the draft. What do you, what do you think they need to rest the most in, in the draft this year?
2: Hmm. I mean, so nor- I would love to say safety. Like, safety is a huge need right now for the Packers. They lost Adrian Amos, who was one of their safeties. Well, and actually he's still a free agent right now, but he just did not look good this past year. And then Darnell Savage, who was their safety out of Maryland, that they picked out American, out of Maryland a few years ago, um, he has not looked good for several years now. And while he's still on the team, it's to the point where you just don't feel com- comfortable with him. So, honestly, the Packers have two starting safety positions open. And the issue is, is like I kind of said earlier, the safeties in this class just yeah. aren't impressive. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, there's a few guys. I don't think they're
0: very impressive either. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's a couple guys. I like Jordan Battle out of Alabama. He's a projected third rounder. Um, I I think that he's got a lot of his game uh, that really fits the Packers, but his athletic testing was not good. He only ended up with like a four or like a five point eight RAS. So his a- athletic testing is below the Packers' normal thresholds. Um, you've got a guy yeah. like Jartavius Martin, the safety out of Illinois, is also a projected third round pick. Maybe someone like him. So, like, those two are the safeties I'm going to kind of be watching. And and like I said, they're not going to be till the mid-rounds. Safety's a big need. Right. They need – a lot of their needs are actually depth pieces. Uh, Tight end is a huge need right now. They have Josiah DeGuara, who has not hardly played at all, and he's more of an H-back than he is a tight end. And they've got uh, uh, Tyler Davis, who was an undrafted free agent a couple years ago and he has not been very good at all either. So it's like basically their tight end room is empty, honestly. Like (laughs) they just don't have tight ends. Um, And that's one reason why I wanted to
0: bring it up for the 15th pick too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And they haven't had a tight end for years. And honestly, it's kind of funny because I've sat here and I've talked about all these different thresholds that the Packers have and really the only position that they have not shown enough draft history with – to, to give thresholds to is the tight end position, because it almost seems like they don't care. <laughs> um, Jay Sternberger was not a very athletic tight end at all. And then they drafted Josiah DeGuara, who was not, he was above their thresholds, but like um, com- putting them together, it's like, it, it's hard to find any patterns that they're paying attention to. It's, it's almost like they don't care what you look like as a tight end if you play the position, that works. <laughs> um, so I think that they're gonna try to go for one of the top tight ends in the in the draft this year. And I and I hope they do, because I really like those top five tight ends between Mayor, Kincaid, Washington, uh Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, and then Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Um, hey, those five Sam guys, Laporta out of Iowa
0: is is I think is going to be a nice tight end. Now do I think, I think he, he might be the top one in this class? I, you know, I, I'm not so sure to will be the top in this class, but I believe yeah. he'll be top Green. three or four out of this yeah. class as a tight end. Um, I, I really like the way he plays. He's tough. He's hard-nosed. Mm-hmm. He is a great receiver, great hands. Great at blocking. I mean, he's just all around. Now, you know, I, I I have not seen his testing and the numbers and all that. He's probably not an athletic guy, probably.
2: He he tested really well. Um, oh, did I think he? he ended up with, a, I think, a nine, like a 9.1 or 9.2 RAS. Like his testing numbers went really, really well. It doesn't look like it on tape, but he he did really well at the combine.
0: I mean, I I haven't seen his testing numbers, so I was just wanting to throw that out there to kind of back (laughs) up my statements. But, yeah. Absolutely. But I really do like Sam Laporta.
2: Yeah, I like Sam Laporta a lot, too. A lot of people think that he's going to go in the second round, so like if the Packers were to pick him at like 45, I would have zero issues with that. Yeah. Um, Oh, he's definitely not a first. First rounder. I'm not talking about for no, 15, no, he won't be a first rounder. I, I
0: mean, you know, a second or third round to get Sam Laporta would be a, a good pick.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Darnell Washington is, is pretty interesting to me as well because, like, when you watch him on on tape, he doesn't have a uh, a lot of receiving uh, on tape, right? And, um, so like, and when you do see him. He looks because he's so large. He looks like he's moving slower than he actually is. I mean, I think he's like six, eight, and two hundred and sixty pounds or something ridiculous. He looks like yeah. a tackle.
1: He does. Yeah, <laughs> he, he does. does. He's, uh, he you know, looks he's like a man. tackle. He looks like a. He
0: looks like a tackle. Yeah, yeah and said he said he was a tight Georgia end. Georgia has it. The, no way. Has this <laughs> other tight end that they threw to yeah. all the time? You know, I don't know if yeah. Brock yeah, but hours. he was more like a.
1: It was more like
2: a wide receiver. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. And I think Brock Bowers is projected to be yeah, the top he, ten he, he, off the here, board. Here's, here's what's what's funny. Oh about yeah, Bowers so, is
0: special, guys. He's but he's yeah. not here, in this draft. So no. here's what's
1: here's what's funny about those two. So and put it in baseball terms, Darnell Washington is is Aaron Judge.
2: Okay. Yeah. Bowers
1: yeah. is Giancarlo Stanton. They're both <laughs> big dudes, but one will dwarf the other. I mean, just yes. by putting them right next to each other, <laughs> and it's and yes. it's, it's funny how that works out. But they're both really good at what they do. Oh, they just,
0: are, and Brock so, Bowers so the is funniest special. Thing, he,
2: yeah, yeah, I yeah, I can tell. the The funniest thing about Darnell Washington when I saw his testing numbers, though, because he tested with like a nine point eight RAS or something like that. It's ridiculous, um, and especially for someone that size. But the the thing that threw me for a loop with with Darnell Washington was his three cone drill. So with your with your three cone drill, that is, and that's the drill that the Packers like most in the combine because that's your stop and go, um, and it's also like if you're a receiver, that's your that's your route running. Like if you can make those turns really quick, your your fast three cone time. Yeah, is essentially you. how fast you can run around, and the the fastest three cone in the entire combine this year, so out of like 350 kids, was Jackson Smith and Jigba, and he had like a a record breaking three cone or something like that. Like he's in the 99th percentile with his three cone drill since 1987. He just killed it. The second fastest three cone at the at the combine, Darnell Washington faster than the running back, as big as corners, he is, the that's wide pretty receivers, amazing. yeah, isn't that crazy? When I saw that, I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's huge. So yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. When I saw, it, I was like, "Okay." Yep. No, I do. I do have me on notice yeah,
1: <laughs> I do have another question. We have been talking a lot about tight ends. Mm-hmm. Talked a lot about tackles. You know, as far as the the uh, uh, getting, you know, picked in the first round. Mm-hmm. Who are they protecting or are they throwing to and do you believe as far as in Jordan?
2: I do believe in Jordan. Yeah. I I definitely think that Jordan Love is the quarterback so this year. I so do that's think where that we're going. <laughs> Just, I
1: just going. wanted, I just wanted to, just wanted to see what your thoughts are about Jordan Love taking I, over. I got over
0: on here. I knew we would back get to that.
1: back, back to back, <laughs> back to back Hall of Famers for the last 32 years. Yeah. So just now,
2: I I need to see more before I say Hall of Fame. Okay.
1: <laughs> I know, but 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 yeah. we, but we have had we've had Brett Favre yeah. and mm-hmm. we've had Aaron Rodgers. You know. Yeah. Probably not the greatest people, not the greatest people, but the best quarterbacks. And uh, I mean, also, there's only two
2: Super Bowl championships between the two of them. I know. I know. It's nuts. (laughs) It's nuts um yeah I I really do I really love I really like Jordan Love and and that's honestly like I know a lot of people don't know me and like even you John you haven't known me for more than a couple you know a year or two right but whenever the Packers drafted Jordan Love and even for the first several years of him as a backup I have been one of his biggest critics like I have not been a Jordan Love fan now so for me to like boast about him now it it does mean something like he he had to prove that to me that I that I thought he was ready. um because the biggest thing whenever you watched him in the in the first couple years, like if you go back and watch the Kansas City game last year right or any of the preseason games, he was getting flustered very very easily. He had guys all over him and and like uh Steve Spagnola, the Kansas City defensive coordinator. He knew it. He was just playing blitzing guys every, every down just because he could tell it was getting under Jordan Love's skin. And so that being so flustered was causing him to make a lot of mistakes and make a lot of throws that weren't good, whether he was just missing his receivers or throwing interceptions. And if you watch last preseason, so the preseason of 2022, while sure, his statistics don't look that good, but go watch him, like watch the tape, watch him in that pocket. He looks so comfortable, like nothing bothers him anymore. And even if you go watch the Eagles, uh, the Eagles game, I, mean, I know he only played a quarter, and while he had some great throws, like that's what a lot of people are looking at, that's not what I was looking at. I knew he had a good arm. That was his biggest thing coming into the draft was t- people talking about how great his arm was. I wanted to see how he was managing that offense, how calm he was staying. And nothing was bothering him at all. Even with that defensive front, nothing was getting to him. And that's what I love to see. Like, okay, you've calmed down. You're understanding the system. You're making your reads. That's what he needed to prove to me for me to have faith in him. And he did it.
1: Good to hear that uh, that, that because that makes me feel a little bit better. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the uh... if, yeah,
0: if we're going to talk about Jordan Love, then we got to talk about what in the world is going on with this Aaron Rodgers situation. <laughs> I mean, well seriously, it, guys. I mean, mean <laughs> like, so, um what was it, two months ago now or something? He was supposed to have been traded to the Jets. You know, <laughs> I mean... What in the world is going on?
2: I actually saw a tweet uh, come out from Ian Rappaport uh, an hour or two ago that because the past few weeks, trade talks have basically stopped. Like there has been zero communication. Um, But I guess today they started picking those trade talks back up with the hope of getting it done by the draft. So we'll see what happens there. I mean... I kind of I really like the way that um, that the Packers GM is handling it. I think he's digging his heels in and I think he should. <laughs> I think he knows what he wants as far as I mean hits. I think it was yesterday or something. I heard the 49ers are trying
0: to get back in it.
2: I've heard that I've heard the 49ers and I've also heard the Titans as well. I I I, I think it was confirmed that the Titans have called to check on it um to you know to say hey if that falls through, you know, let us know and we can talk as well. So I think there's been, yeah. a, I think there's definitely teams monitoring the situation, and the Packers. The thing that a lot of people aren't paying attention to is they don't have to trade him right now. I mean, don't get me wrong, you would like to have those picks for for this week, <laughs> um, right? So you can surround Jordan Love with guys. You know, like you, we already talked about how the meat of the draft is like in the second round. So if you can get an extra second round pick or two in that meat, that's awesome. But if the Packers wait till post-June 1st to trade him, it actually saves them money. So the longer that they wait to trade him is actually better for the Packers. So it's something that the Packers kind of have on their side where like they don't have to trade him right now. Sure, they would like to. Right. But it's not a necessity. Their deadline to get rid of him is September first, because that's when they have to pay him sixty million dollars. So as long as they get rid of him before then, they're good. Like, and think about all of the off-season training that he would be missing with the Jets during that time, between all of your mini camps, all of training <laughs> camp, the entire preseason. Like, yeah. if if I'm good against, I'm sitting back, I'm like, okay, whenever you're ready to talk and deal with some serious trades, let me know. Until then, you know, that's on you. Whatever he misses, it's on you. Now, when it gets to like September, or you know, like August 29th or something, then I'm like, you know what, here, give me a seventh round pick. (laughs) Like, just you know, let's get get rid of that cab hit, yeah. you know, or all, all that cash. But until then, I'm like, no, no, you're gonna deal. <laughs> yeah. All,
0: right. yep. all right. So I guess my one one question while you're on with us that I want to ask as a Packer fan, for sure. How with Aaron Rodgers? How did we get here? Like, like what? You know what I mean? Like, I, it's so. The, the two sides are so distant with each other and like how, how did all this happen in the last couple of years? Because I think my personal opinion, I think Rogers checked out a couple of years
2: ago. I think he did as well. I think that the only reason that he jumped back up to the, to the performance that he's had recently Um, like with the, with the MVPs in 2020 and 2021 is because of the presence of Jordan Love. Like, I think that kind of reinvigorated his career a little bit to have that guy sitting right behind him that he knows is going to be his backup. So I think that kind of put a little chip on his shoulder. Um, And I do think that it's a combination of just Roger's mindset of, feeling like everyone needs to serve him a little bit, which, you know, I do think that if you're the franchise quarterback, I do think you should be in conversations. I'm not saying everything needs to go your way, but I I do feel like with, like, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, if the Chiefs are not sitting down with Pat Mahomes and saying, hey, is there anything you're interested in, like, are there any receivers you would like us to talk to or whatever? I'm not going to promise that we'll draft them. I'm not going to promise we'll sign them or whatever. But if there's something that you're interested in, let us know and we'll look into it. So I think right. that conversation and kind of having that open door would go a long way. And from what I understand, that's not something that the Packers have done. I, I you know, It seems like that their communication has not been there. And the Packers are a very old school team um, the way that they run their front office. So I think, I think that's part of it. And then, and then, like I said, just Roger's kind of mindset of everybody needs to do things his way. And like, especially lately, he has felt the need to have his guys around with it being Cobb and Mercedes Lewis and Alan Lazard. And it's like, don't get me wrong. I like those guys. And they all have a spot on a team. Like, they're all good players. But at, certain, at a certain time, you have to be like, okay, Cobb is not hardly doing anything. And while I'm not having to pay him very much money, he is taking up a roster spot. Or like Alan Lazard, he's good for a wide receiver three. He's not a wide receiver one. He's not a wide receiver two. He's a good accent to your game. He's a very good blocker. He can help a lot of teams but he should just not be the lead guy. And so especially like going into this year where he's wanting 10 or $11 million, that's too much money for the Packers to be spending on a a third wide receiver. And then Mercedes Lewis, he's a great blocker, but you also need to look into tight ends that can really affect the receiving game. So whenever you start piling up your buddies like that, it starts chipping away. At roster spots, and you're almost tying the hands of your front office, and allowing them to add playmakers. But I've also been well, saying I mean, for years so, that they need to give playmakers for for Rogers, and they haven't. So yeah,
0: <laughs> so I mean, it's almost like he's just gradually over the last you know I don't know even back three, four, five years. Um, just each year he gets a little bit more of a prima donna. I mean, you know, well, and honestly,
1: honestly, I think that he was a prima donna when he first got there. I think (laughs) that it was just that he's been more bold and more vocal about what he what he wants or his uh, his his being a prima donna. I've I've never truly liked Aaron Rodgers as a person, but as a player, I love him, you know, because he absolutely can make all the throws but 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 Aaron Rodgers the person has never been somebody on my like hey would you rather like if you had a chance to go get a beer with Aaron Rodgers would you <laughs> no david not, not really, not really. <laughs> i would i would i mean honestly i would rather go get a beer with his brother than him. <laughs> i know? get that for and, sure. and i mean and and it's not like and 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 the fact is, is, I don't even know if his brother's going to drink beers, but probably going to drink some sort of cocktail or something. <laughs> he probably, still, he probably but would. But still, but still, I would rather get a drink with his brother. I would brother honestly. I... It's more of an interesting person to talk to. Like yeah. I'd be, I'd be talking to a brick wall. I might as well just go buy, <laughs> you know, a case of Miller Lights and go same in the corner and talk, and I would be getting just as much out of that conversation.
0: No, I would definitely a have a with beer with Far.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I have I, I, I met I met Favre as a
0: kid.
1: I met Farve as a kid. Um, while I think it would be cool to go get a beer with Brett, um, I just think that you know, I mean, I don't know, uh, Farve. Yeah, probably more more so with Farve than with with Aaron, because Aaron is probably smarter than anybody that's that's in the room as well or at least he thinks he is and he's going to let everybody know that he is um at some point but um i i would just i just never truly clicked as like man while i love that that guy's on my team i just never thought man i really want to go i'd rather go get a beer with that guy i'd rather go get some somebody else you said bakhtiari yeah, offensive lineman, man. <laughs> let's just go. Let's just go get the offensive line.
2: He just seems like a ball of fun to me.
1: Yeah, um, Bakhtiari, Lindsey, any of them. I mean, I don't yeah. care.
2: And then, <laughs> so that's something else that I think is going to be interesting this year, um, because and I, and I didn't think about it until you started talking uh, yeah. about you know Rogers' mindset and everything. I feel like whenever Matt Lafleur came in, and I I really like Matt Lafleur. I think he's a great head coach. I think he's been, you know slighted as a coach of the year several times in a row now, like the between 2020 or between 2019 and 2020. I think both of those years he should have been uh, considered coach of the year because he absolutely killed it those years. Um, And I'm not saying anything against the guys that won it. They did great. I just, I still think it should have been Matt Lafleur because he really turned the team around there and to go three seasons in a row 13 and three is really impressive for your first three years as a head coach. And he managed the size of that ego. <laughs> and he managed the size of that ego. <laughs> like, My um, only I mean,
0: issue with all three of those 13s and threes were the eventual outcome. Um, you're right. The yeah, Packers, the last, the last seasons that they have been in the playoffs, the Packers have not played Packer
2: football at home. No, they haven't. It's they to play in the cold, you have to be an extremely physical team. And the past few years, while the pack even while they have been good, they have not been physical. And the teams that have beaten them between the 49ers and the Buccaneers those are the, some of the most physical teams in the league and that's I'm a little older than situations. you
0: guys and I remember you know the frozen tundra you didn't come in there and win ball games
1: yeah well I mean heck even in our in our day there was 20 30 you know 20 25 games in a row that they had won in in uh, in Lambo at home yeah. you know home games so I mean it was they went a couple seasons without losing you know at home so that's something yeah. that that I would love to get back to. Just make that 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 home field advantage, yeah, you worth know, something.
0: I mean, well, it doesn't really make what... any sense. The the uh, not 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 many teams. I mean, San Francisco coming in there in January and beating the Packers is is doesn't make any sense.
2: No, it doesn't at all. And that's the thing that I'm kind of excited about this year is because I think. Part of that has been, I, I think part of it has been Rodgers because I think LaFleur coming in, not having much experience as a head coach, and Rodgers being a future Hall of Famer and someone that's been around for longer than LaFleur. I think LaFleur has been I working, with you. you know, trying to work with him. And I think Rodgers has taken advantage of that situation. So, like LaFleur's offense, it's the Shanahan offense, you know, it's based around the run game. And yeah. for it being based around the run game, the Packers don't hardly run the ball at all, and I think the reason is because Lafleur is calling run plays, and Rodgers is checking out of them and making changes at the line of scrimmage, trying to make those explosive plays, and I think it ends up screwing a lot of stuff up in in the process because there was like there was a lot of third and ones this year where. You've got AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones out there, they can get you one yard, but instead Rodgers decides to throw it 40 yards downfield, and of course, he doesn't hit it. So, I'm right. excited yeah. for this year because I think Jordan Love coming in as his first, you know, first year starter, I think he's going to be more likely to listen to Matt. So, I think we're actually going to see LaFleur's offense this year you, and you, not Rodgers. You have a quarterback that's younger than the head coach. Exactly. (laughs) Well, so it's like it's pretty interesting because like even though Jordan Love has been in the league for several years now, he's younger than some of the quarterbacks that are about to get drafted, like Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. Jordan Love is six months younger than Hendon Hooker.
1: Right, right.
2: Which is going to go back to
1: a a, a huge argument that Brad, which I really hope that he does not try to go into this argument now (laughs) um, about the length of stay of players. Because of all the extra years and the and the transferring and all that mm-hmm. stuff that most of these players get to do, because you know Hendon Hooker is a transfer from uh, Virginia Tech before he went to Tennessee. So just don't don't go off, don't 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 derail us, Brad, for uh, <laughs> for for talking about the transfer portal and how 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 mad that makes you and telling everybody <laughs> to get off
0: <laughs> Why not? but yes um, uh
1: jordan love is younger than some of the uh the current uh quarterbacks that are coming out i mean especially stetson bennett because he's you know old as hell
2: yeah i i mean he might I be think, older
1: than me i don't know
2: <laughs> i think uh that part of the reason that so many because there's a lot of draft pro- prospects that are coming out that are you know 25 years old you know and I think part of that is because we're still kind of getting guys that were there for the COVID year. Right. Um, so they're they're a little bit older than normally they would be. And like, in my opinion, if you want to stay in college a little bit longer and play ball, you know, college ball a little bit longer, fine. But also real, you have to realize as a player and your agent should be telling you this, the older you are, the less teams want you.
1: Correct. See, right now, it, the less urgency is because of the NIL too, and now uh, because they're they're making money while in school.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: the the thing they need to be paying a you know what they need to be paying attention to is what you just said. The older you are, the less teams will want you, and that you still need to be able to jump out and and go, you know, go in the draft maybe a year earlier than you think you need to.
2: Yeah. So. So, like, one of my favorite uh, draft prospects in the middle of rounds is uh, a defensive tackle, Moro Ojomo, out of Texas. Um, So he actually went into college early. Um, He started – he went to Texas at the age of 16. Oh, wow. And so he played for five years. He's 21 now, and he's about to get drafted. So he's got over 50 games under his belt while still being young. So something like that. Sure, you go ahead and stay in college as long as you want because teams love that kind of experience, and you're still young. But someone like Hendon Hooker, for instance, that's 25. The issue with with the age, if you think about it, in terms of contract. So let's say Hendon Hooker gets drafted in the first round. I I think he possibly could go in the first round. I've seen him go, you know, going 11 to the Titans. I've you know, so somewhere in there or late first, wouldn't surprise me. And if he hadn't torn his ACL, I would say it was more likely. Right. But if you think about it from a contract standpoint, the rookie contracts, they're four years. If you get drafted in the first round, you have a fifth-year option on it. So if Hendon Hooker has that fifth-year option, by the time his rookie contract is up, he's going to be 30 years old right? already. yeah. Or if you compare it to someone like, Packers defensive tackle, Kenny Clark, he was drafted at the age of 20. He finished his right. co- his first rookie contract at the age of 25. So he's already been through a whole contract at the age of 25. He's on a second one now. He's still only 29. They're going to get three contracts out of Kenny Clark. Hendon Hooker, you're lucky to get two. Well, wow. right.
0: so Hendon Hooker was 25 last at, fall. So, I mean... He's bound to. I don't know when his birthday is, but he's bound to be twenty-six. It's, it's early in the season. Too long. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. No. I. Uh, I. I look at this whole deal like you know what you were talking about, Derek. Is the, you know, with uh with baseball. I mean, we've had, you know, I'm I'm a huge baseball guy, and, you know, teams will draft guys right out of high school you know you can have now you you have 18 year olds that are coming out or you know yeah 18 year olds for the most part or what they're starting to do is they're starting to shift to more college guys because now you don't pay for the development they're already developed when you come out and it's a fast track to the major leagues um also the fact that they have cut about 40 minor league teams so the numbers in the minor leagues are a lot smaller so they're Mm -hmm. now having to go after you know teams that are already developed. But if you hit your senior year, your fourth year, or a fifth year, or God knows with with uh COVID and anything else, a sixth year or you're seven now or over. Eighth. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're hell. again I, I just
0: <laughs> just said calm down. We know you're
1: we know your stance.
0: That's what bothers me.
1: But but once you hit those turn once you hit those years, you're now over that 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 little limit that what they're looking at that threshold that they're looking at three years being in school two or three years being in college especially like an sec school or something Mm -hmm. like that is what would get you your prime prime candidate to Mm -hmm. be picked but if you go beyond that you're now almost aging yourself out yeah and that's and and that's much what it looks like with with football too i mean just you want to be where you've gotten the development the first you know your 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 three years you do not want to be you definitely don't necessarily need to be a senior because they don't have to pick you Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of the same thing with with baseball you don't have to be picked at this point
2: there's got yeah there's a ton of guys that won't be picked right
1: so but yeah and then of course you're holding roster spots in college football. So hey, now you spread out the talent.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, so that's, uh that that's kind of where, where it is. I mean, it's, it, it's, I see where you're, where, what you're talking about. I mean, you, you kind of need to be picked after your third year for, for college football. Um, you don't really need to be going into your fourth or your fifth or your sixth year. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of these, these, these guys that are like that. So.
0: Well, I mean, they're, there's sometimes that injuries and stuff like that play a role in it too. Which, again, and, they'll play a role and and I in get your draft that status too.
2: They'll play a role in your draft status as yeah, well. They they yeah, will so like, I get injuries happen, I get while you might have been playing better than you than your stats are showing. I get where you think, okay, if I stay one more year, my stats will go up and it'll look better. It's like, I get that too, but there's a balance there that they have to find without aging themselves out of certain teams. Because the Packers are one of those teams, they don't draft older guys. Like 23 is pretty much their cutoff. Um, Now they they did draft Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia last year, and he was 24. And a lot of Packers fans were shocked because of his age that everyone had eliminated him from, from being a possibility, basically. So, so where do you think
0: Hendon you- Hooker lands mm-hmm. then, so saying that? well, Where do you think Hendon Hooker lands this year?
1: <laughs> that's that's pretty simple. Not with the Packers. I
2: I don't I know. I mean, I honestly
0: think Hendon Hooker, I mean, if, if he can come back and be healthy,
2: I think he might be one of the top three quarterbacks in this class. I think the production and everything that he did at Tennessee this year – was absolutely outstanding. There's there's three things with Hendon Hooker that I'm that I think a lot of teams are going to notice, um, and it's going to be kind of a downside against him. We've already talked about the age, the ACL tear, and the the other thing right. with him, and it's even a knock, and like it's even going to be a knock against Jalen Hyatt and, and and Cedric Tillman too, and in their draft system. status is the system that Tennessee has. But it's it's the biggest for for Hendon Hooker. So the issue is that the coach at Tennessee is a little bit too good at scheming guys open. So Hendon Hooker already knows who he's throwing to before they even line up. Right. He doesn't make adjustments at the line. He doesn't have to go through a read projection because he knows who's going to be open. Yeah. Find, he finds his one guy. And he throws it on time. Now, he's got a great arm, and he gets it there when he's supposed to. But in the NFL, you can't do that. You have to be able to go through your reads and stuff like that. So that's going to be a downside on him as well as his, it is his system that he's used to running now at Tennessee. So I think he's got the talent to, to go in the first round. I think if it wasn't for that ACL tear, he could possibly be, you know, the— the third or fourth best quarterback in this draft class. Um but with those kind of sitting there over his head, you know, I could see him going at 11. I still feel like that's a bit of a reach. I would say more in the 20s to maybe a team that that made the playoffs but is not necessarily uh quarterback ready. So like maybe somewhere like the Buccaneers at 19. They've got I actually um, think maybe Minnesota Baker Mayfield. Minnesota would be one. I think maybe. Or,
0: I think Minnesota. I think they picked 27th or something like that.
2: I can't uh, remember the exact. I think pick. it's 23rd. It's 23rd. Might
0: be 23rd. Um, but I think Minnesota is yeah. a place that that, that might take and Hooker.
2: Yeah, they're definitely a possibility. Or I think, I, I want to say the Seahawks have like the 22nd pick or maybe the 20th, some, somewhere in there, they've got it because that's their second uh, first-round right. pick. Yeah, Somewhere like them. They just right. signed Geno Smith to that three-year contract extension, but it's also something that they've worked it so they can get out of it easy. And honestly, so I actually recorded my, ep- my episode for my full first-round mock yesterday, and I actually did have Hendon Hooker going to Seattle now that I'm thinking about it, like I'm remembering it, because it works out well, so... Hendon Hooker tore his ACL in the college playoffs. So he's probably not going to play this year. Well, that's a yeah. Seattle's I a perfect it. landing spot yeah. for him because he's he already can't play. Let him learn behind Geno Smith for a year while he's injured and then right. start him next year. Right. Like that Seattle would be a very good landing spot for him. And it's Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's a very good coach. And I think he could help Hendon Hooker learn the system very, very well. So I think Seattle would be a good landing spot for him at like pick 20 at the earliest. Right. But By the way, if he doesn't play this
0: year, that means he's going to be (laughs) nearly 27 he plays his first game.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Well, the last quarterback that was drafted really, really high that was really old was the Oklahoma State guy, right? And he didn't really fare too well once he got out there.
2: Yeah, a lot. A lot of those. Yeah, a lot of those older quarterbacks they do have they do have trouble sometimes, like you know, really soaking in the the system sometimes, and especially because he was twenty
1: six when he came out.
2: Yeah, that sounds right.
1: Yeah, but he was also, I think, a former baseball player. But still, he was an older quarterback that came out
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in the draft. Um, The last one that I can remember being, you know around the 26 year old you know uh age 26 year age when he came out and at that point yeah he didn't last but maybe a year or two just in the league even as a backup Mm -hmm. i don't think he was there much longer so but yeah yeah so it, it definitely will go against Hendon hooker, but that would be the best place, especially if he's not expected to be the guy right away.
2: Yeah. So. I, and I could see maybe I could see if he fell to the third round, I could maybe see the Packers taking him, um, but he's not going to fall to the third round. Uh, Cause the Packers, they are looking for a, a backup for Jordan love.
1: Yeah. You're going to need um, another one.
2: Yeah. I think best case. I think the smartest thing for them to do would be, would be to bring in Matt. Some minutes there. He's, <laughs> Stetson Bennett wouldn't surprise me either in the late rounds, but right. Matt Ryan, I think I think he's <laughs> Matt Ryan is a veteran, he's been around the league, he's seen everything, you know. And at this he, point he
1: should know that he is the backup.
2: Exactly. Like and LaFleur was the quarterbacks coach for Atlanta when they lost the Super Bowl against the Patriots. LaFleur was his coach when he got MVP. So he right. already has that rapport built with LaFleur. He knows LaFleur's system. Right. Um, so that connection's already there. Like you I mean, said, would, he's been there and done everything.
1: That would make sense. Make total sense.
2: Yeah. And like, so Matt Ryan's a guy. You wouldn't have to pay him very much. He could come in, sit behind Jordan Love. When Jordan Love gets off the field, they just sit down. Hey, you know, Ryan asks, hey, what did you see out there? Tell me about it. And then they yep. kind of walk through it. I think that would be a great backup for Jordan Love. Right. But, you know, I haven't heard about them reaching out to to Matt Ryan at all. So it wouldn't surprise me if they draft someone. I really like Evan Hall out of BYU. Um, I think he's – I think he – How old is he? I think he's 23. I think. Yeah, I was just I wondering because anything
1: BYU, you have to do your missions right before you got in there, so you're already. <laughs> but old. now he's
2: a good quarterback, though.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I I know that, but I'm just turning into I'm, a, a, I was a just pro, pro like,
0: or not. But
1: I was just
2: yeah, just, just yeah, going
1: in there with the uh, with the age thing. We were talking about age, and BYU yeah. is going to be notorious for having players that are old. Yeah, so, and
2: hole <laughs> has right. had. A, an in injury history. Not as too. old as the players nowadays <laughs> so, coming out of college. Again, <laughs> um, we
1: have discussed this multiple times.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, gotta
2: throw out some jabs once in a while. <laughs> hey, you gotta you gotta throw out jabs when you can. I'm all for it. Um, but you know, someone like Hall is someone that's that's been very good, and he's been a lot of fun to watch in college. But at the same time, he's not going to be drafted early enough to where he's coming in thinking he's going to be a starter. Like, and especially when he sits behind Jordan left, he's going to know, okay, I'm the backup. This, you know, my role is to backup, And especially with him where someone where I, you know, his two downsides were age and injuries as a backup, you're not worried about that as much. So I think, I think someone like him would be a very, very high fit for the Packers as far as a possible backup. So if I'm looking for a backup quarterback in the draft this year, that's my guy. Right. All right,
0: so what, about round three or or something for
2: him? I'd say say probably round five, round four or five. I could see him going round four, but I'd probably try to put it off till round five. Day three is so tricky because there's so many guys that are going to be projected to round four. That will be there in round seven. Yeah. I've even seen right. them going undrafted. There are guys oh, that are projected yeah, round seven I have that too. are going to go in round four, and so trying to project where they're going in those last on on day three is is difficult because <laughs> you just don't know. Right. It's all over the place. Absolutely. Yep. I agree with that because I mean you can get a four
0: or five uh, round grade and not even be drafted. So yeah, I mean it, it happens, happens all a couple the time. Years ago,
2: there was a. Yeah, there was a, a middle linebacker that I really liked out of Notre Dame that I was kind of looking at for a possible fourth-round pick, and he went undrafted. Um, what? And then I think two years ago, one of my whenever I, the Packers were talking about drafting a running back, one of my favorite running backs in the class was Kylan Hill, and he was a projected fourth-round pick. They drafted him in the seventh round. And – So, uh, yeah, it's very hard to predict on that day three where guys are going to go. So it's like, okay, you know, do your best to predict days one and and two. Yeah, one and two. Days one and two are as bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, first, second, and even the third round, more than likely, you know, the the top hundred guys guys or or whatever you know are, are going to be you know um very similar and picked in that you know in some kind of order you know that but after you get past that um they can yeah i mean it, it really goes by team needs and what and what teams are looking for for and you know position wise and different things like that so
2: it so I was listening. I don't. I don't know if either one of you listened to the to the Locked On Podcast Network, um, but the other day they did, and they're they're on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast right now. But they did a Locked On mock draft, and they brought in all of their hosts from all of their different Locked On podcasts: a so Locked On Packers, Locked On Lions, Locked On Raiders. Oh, oh, and and like right. they were even right. bringing in like they're, you know, locked on Bulldogs for Georgia or whatever. And it was kind of funny because the draft every year, whenever you watch the draft, there's always that one team that throws a wrench in it. That'll take someone in the first round that's not projected to go till much later. It's like last right. year, the Patriots drafting Cole Strange in the first round when he was a projected third round pick. A couple years ago, the Raiders did the same thing with a cornerback. And it was kind of funny because I was listening to that that mock draft that the Locked On podcasts were doing. And they, uh, at pick six, the Lions took Kalijah Cancy out of Pitt, who is not projected to go until the mid-second round. And he ended up going as a top right. six pick. I mean, Jalen Carter was still on the board. I was like... What are we doing here? <laughs> and it, it was like really off the walls. Like I was like, "Oh my gosh, no!" But then at the same time, that's realistic. That's how the draft works. Like there's always yeah. that one or two teams that's going to draft someone. Just low. pick
0: six is a little high for that to happen, though. I know. I mean, the wrench is coming. So- I'm not a, I'm not a draft <laughs> or nothing, but I don't think pick six is where that happens. Maybe twenty six, yeah. or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, See,
2: yeah. I think somewhere in the twenties would be a good spot for him at the earliest. But pick six, I was like, oh yeah. no, <laughs> no. Yeah, um, I'm not
0: so sure about that. <laughs> Being a, a, a mid second round draft grade and grabbing him at six—that's a little. That's a little much. I mean, yeah. top ten or twelve picks, you. Pre- Pretty much are you know expect to be able to draft a pro bowler. Yeah, I mean exactly. You know what I mean, and and mm-hmm. and it's uh you, you don't want to take the chance in those picks to swing and miss. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean. Uh, like if yeah, there is a absolutely. possibility, if there's a possibility that. You might miss with this pick. You're probably either not going to do it, or you're going to trade back to get who you're, you know, who you're talking about.
2: Yeah, right. To, yeah, to get who you're looking at. So, like, the yeah. Cardinals this year are kind of someone that I'm looking at for a possible trade back. Trade back. I at, think they are at too. Three, at three. Because like, yeah. someone's going to want to come up and get a quarterback. Yeah, and the Cardinals they need both. Uh, edge rushers and and corners so if they trade back to like you know nine eight something like that maybe Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson is still there I bet they're probably not I do think that they go like top five top six maybe because both of them are really really good um but like then you've got the corners uh, uh Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon and Devin Witherspoon out right. of Illinois so like if you're yep. the Cardinals, fine. I'll take them. <laughs> yeah. Like, e- yeah. either way, if they trade back a little bit, they're still sitting good, and they're getting more yeah, draft I th- capital I for, think later the, for the future. The third,
0: I think the third pick right now, because the one's already been traded for, so mm-hmm. I think the third pick with the most likely top ten trade, Um, mm-hmm. you know, out of the picks that's left in the top – top 10 i think tennessee titans would trade up to that spot probably i mean yeah i mean the bucks the bucks would trade up there i'm just not so sure they want to give up from 19 what they'd have to give up to to move up to 3
2: yeah that's right. a that's a they'd probably have to give up like three first round picks
0: i mean yeah that's that's a lot so you know yeah
2: i mean and you guys could probably speak to this better than i can from what i understand Next year's draft class is going to be a lot better quarterback-wise than this year's. So, like, Caleb, Caleb Williams, I think, is going to be is going to be in the class next year. I, I, Drake May, maybe? Is that out of yeah, North Carolina? Drake, yeah, so yeah.
1: May, Williams. I'm trying to think. Of Devin
0: Leary that's so. now not Kentucky. Was it North Carolina State? Will be um, in that class. Sam Hartman yeah, like Adam, will be there.
1: I was going to say Hartman. um yeah. I'm trying to think of who else
2: is. Uh, My buddy sent me like six names the other day, and he was because he was trying to explain to me because we were talking about uh, what the Jets should give up for Rogers, and he was like, "If I was the Jets, I wouldn't give up, but next year's first because I'm trying to get one of those guys." Um, yeah, I, but I, Roger Rogers Rogers wait, is
0: gonna, a short
1: term uh, thing. He's not. Yeah. He's not a long term yeah. deal. But I but think I'm gonna say it about this, for
0: the, this year's Q class though i actually believe that the qb class in this year's draft might actually be the best position when five years from now when you're looking back at the 2023 draft i kind of think that might be you know we say is the best position coming out of this draft is the qb position
2: it Right, it might be because I think Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. I think all of them have very high ceilings, and I've heard even a lot of comps of Will Levis to uh, to Kirk Cousins. And while I don't like Kirk Cousins, I think he's overrated. He's not a bad quarterback. So, like Will, you know, if Will Levis turns into Kirk Cousins, that's a pretty good career. Well, I mean, like, you got you got Henry Hooker, you got Stetson Bennett. you yeah. could turn. Into some kind of
0: NFL quarterback, you got Hall that you were we were talking about earlier um, mm-hmm. from BYU that could turn into an NFL quarterback. I mean, I think there's a pretty B class in this year's draft. You know, yeah. Uh, by I, the time I, you, it's a definitely a strong year.
2: possibility. I think if I was the, if I, you I know, was the
0: because usually like there's the, a whole bunch of offensive linemen and stuff, but I just don't see a bunch this time.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's those three offensive tackles that I named earlier that I like for the Packers between Paris Johnson Jr., Broderick Jones, and Peter Skaronsky. And other than that, there's really not a lot of offensive linemen that you're looking at in the first round. Um, I could see John Michael Willough, Smith, the Willough, out of BCU Minnesota. He
0: has a chance, but he's, if he mm-hmm. does, it'll be late, and he's probably a second rounder. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: yeah, I think, I think that's where I saw him at. Um, but I know it's like John Michael Schmitz and Dewan Jones are both projected second rounders that are possible and likely to slide into the first. So, but that's yeah. like late first, like the guys that you're like stapling in, in the first round, there's only three of them. Normally there's a, there's a lot eight.
0: More. Most of the time there's like yeah. eight offensive linemen, uh, yeah. you know, that you so like, I think that you're talking that- about.
2: Yeah, I think that those 3 are very very good offensive linemen and after not, that there's a large drop off. I'm not as big like I, I think that
0: uh, Peter Skarowski is, is not re- really on the same level as Paris. See, I Paris, I feel that
2: way. Mhm. I Paris Johnson Jr is my he's my favorite in this class as well. And I think yeah. that Peter Skorowski technically like as far as his technique goes and his knowledge of the game, I think Peter Skoronsky is better than the other two. Like he's he is very very good. He's got a good understanding. He's got good footwork. He's got good hand placement. He's a very good player. It, but the issue is his arms are extremely short. Oh, for, here we go back to the arm length. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and for we talked about this before. It's I know it's yeah. and honestly for a long time I thought the arm length conversation was really stupid <laughs> but it's not um so like Peter Skoronsky's arms are only 32 and a half inches long. Jesus. Pa- Paris Johnson's are 36. So as a
1: so so, so better as a guard with that exactly. arm length as opposed to a tackle with that arm length. Exactly. But he's Supposedly.
0: always played tackle so you know, right. you know Put at, at, him. at this point
1: yeah you put him in at the guard position so, yeah, cuz you need I somebody think- with shorter arms cuz you're going to be closer with somebody but with the with the with a tackle but you I like, still got to be able to
0: if you're going guard in this draft I'm going to throw out Os- Osiris Torrance mm-hmm. who played at Florida last year and see uh, he yeah, think- he now mm-hmm. is a dog as a guard and athletic and I like I, I like that kid late, late first yeah, round I think late, he's late, yeah late, that's late what I heard
2: round. late first round for him. Um, Skaronsky, I think if you're like one of those teams like, you know, maybe the Raiders um, or the Titans that have multiple spots open, be it tackle or guard, I think Skaronsky is a better fit for them. And someone like Paris Johnson Jr. or Broderick Jones, those guys are straight tackles and preferably left tackle. So they're going to be better on a team that yep. doesn't have a left tackle. So like the Cardinals have Colton Miller, or not the Cardinals, the Raiders have Colton Miller at left tackle. And while I'm not saying he's fantastic, he is the best on their line. So if I'm the Raiders and I'm looking at one of these three tackles, I'm probably going to go Peter Skaronsky because he can. he's going to be more likely to play that right tackle position, or he can move into one of my guard spots if I need him to and that right. way, I can keep Colton Miller at left tackle, um, yeah. so, or or the Jets might be something like that too. Because really, they're they've got uh, Elijah Vera Tucker at guard and uh, Makai Becton at left tackle. Now, in the Jets, they're lucky because Makai Becton is a very versatile player. So if you have someone like Paris Johnson on the board, then move Makai Becton to right tackle, and then Paris Johnson leave him at left tackle. So something like that. I do think that Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson are, are better than Skoronsky, but I think Skaronski is going to be more versatile than than those two are. If you are looking for a versatile lineman,
1: yeah, yeah, makes
2: sense. All right. Would you also so... say
1: that Skoronsky Would you also say that Skaronsky is more of a plug and play now, or or like say that maybe the ceiling isn't necessarily he's more hitting his peak versus I, the other two could actually be, could actually get elevated.
2: I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I think, because skoronsky has been playing at left tackle now for, for several years. Like I said, he's already got a really good understanding of the game and, and technically he's really sound someone like Paris Johnson jr. He's only played left tackle for one year. Like he's still learning the position. So even right. as good as he already is, and you can already tell that it's his most comfortable position He's still got a long way to go to learn that. And he's just going to get better. Right. So yeah, I would yeah. say if you're looking for someone like the best right now, it's probably Skaronski. If you're looking for the best in a year or two, I would say Broderick Jones or Paris Johnson Jr.
1: Yeah, there you go.
2: That's what um, I was. yeah. And so Peter Skaronski I I do like Skaronski, and I um like story wise, I wouldn't mind seeing him go to the Packers <laughs> just because his uh, his grandpa. Did play on the Vince Lombardi team. His his grandpa was left tackle Bob Skoronsky, that won Super Bowl one and two with the Packers. So right. for for Peter to come in and and play for the Packers as well, I think that would be pretty awesome. So I'm not so, so the sure he'll injuries at the injuries that the 15 at, though. I I don't think he
1: will. And the amount of injuries yeah. that the uh, that the Packers have on the line. I mean, he could easily be versatile and move around.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, and he could, because like they have right now, the Packers, they have David Bakhtiari at left tackle. My guess is this is going to be his last season for the Packer with the Packers. Um, I think he's I think he's either going to uh, get traded next year or cut or he might go with the trade deadline. Um, they have uh, Zach Tom, who they drafted out of I think it was Wake Forest last year. And Zach Tom looked excellent his rookie season, but he still needs to put on weight. Um, so he, he kind of had issues with, uh, with power rushers. Um, so Tom did show that he can play left or right tackle and they were comfortable with him out there. And he, like I said, he looked good. If he can put on a little bit of weight, he'll look a lot better. And then they've also got y- Yash Nyman, um, as kind of their swing tackle. He can play right tackle, but he's a lot better at left tackle. So, right now, they've already got two guys there that are starting caliber behind David Bakhtiari. And I think it would be smart for them to get another one and, you know, possibly use one of the first rounders on, on one of these guys. And that way, maybe you leave Nyman as the swing guy, or maybe you trade Nyman. Because um, Nyman is better than 90% of the left tackles in the league right now. Like, he would be a starter on any other team. So if I do it, it, like if I'm the Packers GM and I end up drafting one of these guys between Johnson Jones and Skaronsky, I'm going to start calling GMs and be like, hey, who wants to give me a second rounder for Nyman and see if I can get another pick in that meet of the draft. And um, I think that would be a really smart move because there's some tackles that I really like in the mid rounds too. Blake Freeland out of BYU and um, Brayden Daniels out of – Utah. I really like both of those guys, um, and uh, John Ojuku out of Boise State. I really like him as well. And the Packers have a lot of thresholds for their for their offensive line. And those three guys there in the in the mid and late rounds, where the Packers normally draft their offensive line, all three of them meet all of their thresholds. Right. Um, so I think all of them are very very strong possibilities regardless of whether or not they draft O-line in the first round.
1: Yep.
0: All right. Well, so we've hit on the glove and we've hit on the Aaron Rodgers thing. Before we kind of wrap up the show, what do you think the season ahead will look like Packers? Just, I mean, something, you know, I know we're not, we don't know the whole whole thing, you know, who who we're going to have have and everything but what do you what do you think the season's gonna just out of curiosity
2: i feel really good about the season i feel really good about the offense i'm not saying that that they're super bowl contenders or anything like that i i think the packers can make the playoffs this year like they've still got a good o-line they've got their two fantastic running backs um that jordan love can work with and that lafleur can work with christian watson and romeo dobbs as long as those two take a jump um they're going to be a very, very good wide receiver, wide uh, receiver room, um, and I, I would like to see them add someone in that. Because right now, between Dobbs and Watson, both of them have their specialties. Watson's your speed guy. Dobbs is pretty much just someone you can you can rely on in in tough situations. Like he's not necessarily great at anything, but he's really good at everything. Um, what they what the Packers don't have right now and I think that they're going to try to get this year in the draft is a guy that can run after the catch and enforce missed tackles. Like Christian Watson can do that. If he's got an open hole, he's fast, he'll outrun anybody. But if he's in a spot where he's got a lot of guys in front of him, he's not that guy that's going to, you know, shimmy and shake and bake and all that stuff. Straight line speed. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so they need yeah. someone like that to compliment Dobbs and Watson. And that's why I like JSN so much because JSN can get open in a phone booth. <laughs> so everything he is um Still is a phone what, booth what Watson and <laughs> um, what is everything JSN booth? is is what Watson and Dobbs aren't. Um so he fits into that offense like a glove. Um so if they can if they can get I mean, like so, that a machine, So Rice, do you
0: think do you think they'll stick around for,
2: you know, what where, where do you I think, think that they'll they will be above 500. I think they're they probably going to be I think they're going to be around 10 and 7. 9 and 8, 10 and 7. Okay. Like that. That's right. my guess cuz I have faith I have a lot of faith in the offense. I have zero faith in the defense. I don't like Joe Barry's yeah. defensive coordinator. <laughs> like when okay. after the season ended, I was okay with bringing Rodgers back for another season. Um, and to see if he could keep going, and, and to try to build with Watson and, and Dobbs more. But as soon as they were like, right. "Oh yeah, Joe Barry's going to be back," I was like, "Nope, okay, nope, get rid of Rogers." Like yeah. instantly, that second I was yeah. like, "Nope, we're not doing anything with him there." <laughs> I just I cannot stand Joe <laughs> Barry. <laughs>
1: it's kind of like me well, with some of the uh, college coordinators. I have I have the same hate.
0: Yeah, he does. I There's just, a few. He's talking about my my the, like the, stuff a while ago. He's got some stuff with a few college coordinators that he gets in some grants <laughs> on too.
2: <laughs> oh, I like I swear at least once a podcast, I have to throw some shade at Joe Barry. Like it just works out. Like <laughs> I mean, look,
1: look, here's the deal. Auburn had two defensive coordinators, went to the national championship with those two different defensive coordinators, and both in my opinion, were garbage.
2: <laughs> I mean, see, that's, Talk about it all the time. What I'm saying with the Packers, I mean, <laughs> the uh, that's the same way with the Packers and Joe Barry. The you know they've gone to the playoffs twice. Well, no, okay, never mind. They didn't go this year. Um, sore spot. Nope. Um, yeah, yeah, but Should have. like they went with him the first time, and while he did have a great game against San Francisco, he came in this past year. And looked awful for the a majority of the season. And it was kind of funny because the defense did get better when the season went on. And someone asked Joe Barry what he did, what what changed. And he's like, I just kind of took a step back and I let the players do their thing. What? Okay, so the, the less you do, the better the team does. What happens if they fire you? They're gonna be fantastic. <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs>
1: Like, i was like if okay they fire you, on if they
2: fire you we allow nothing <laughs> uh, like all right, right now, all three of the packers corners yeah. <laughs> go ahead
0: i i'm just gonna say we're gonna have to wrap up the show tonight um but i appreciate <laughs> you good. coming on. on
2: joe barry <laughs> it's,
0: hey been, it's been great to have you on i love talking uh, Packers and NFL draft and all the players that we've mentioned tonight and uh, this afternoon and talked about uh, we'll have to have you on again sometime
2: yeah absolutely absolutely I'm uh I love talking about the draft so I I really appreciate you both having me on it was a lot of fun oh yeah
0: maybe we'll get you on in season and and, and do an show for college sports guys and do something
2: we we'll just talk yeah, about all yeah, the college sure.
1: players that did really well in in, in the NFL. And we're just like, hey, definitely so yeah,
0: <laughs> to college. But well, we definitely could have you <laughs> on you know, before the draft each time or whatever. That that would be great. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun. All right. Right on. Derek <laughs> Sager of the X Pactor Podcast. We appreciate you being on with us, man. Is that
2: it? Oh, no problem. Yeah, again, thank you so much for having me on. It was, it was a lot of fun. I, I love talking football. I love talking the draft. So it's it's been a treat.
0: All right. We will catch you next time. Hi. All right. See y'all later. All right. All right. All right. All right. So on the Sports sportscast merch shop, I want to give you a, one last shout-out. You can scan that code, go straight to our shop, do watch cast as the promo code for watching, and you can shop and get a 15% discount. All right. I'm going to close the show with that. On Tuesday night, the 25th, we will have... A, our third edition mock draft. Eight o'clock catches Tuesday night. We will see you then.